as it happens, we bring it to your ears. The Federal Executive Council, FEC, on Wednesday approved 13 memoranda from seven ministries. The President has said the National Assembly will work with the Independent National the Electoral Commission. President Joss and other parts of Plateau State have urged the state... Current political news around you, critically analyzed and brutally discussed to keep you informed. Politics and how leaders have no, been... I said they should show I'm coming. I say I didn't They don't that. have. They don't have. Okay, I which I know they will not show you because they don't have. There is anthropological incline that is conjured with a lot of religion and social classes that is causing all of this. But I will say this clearly. Politics or politicians in code takes advantage of the situation. But it is... Join Ponsak Fanap and Gilbert Joseph on Nigeria at Sunset weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on J11.9 FM as we discuss political issues that affect our daily lives. Very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fana. It was a beautiful Thursday evening, 13th of October 2022. Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening. How's it going? Greatly, Ponsak. A very good evening to you. I trust you had a better day as against um, yesterday. Well, uh, we're not complaining. Day was good, but... Well, uh, just, gauging. <laughs> just gauging. Yeah, yeah, just gauging, yeah. Well, uh, Gilbert, yesterday we uh, talked about, um, you know, the issue of the National uh, Merit Award and things like mm-hmm. that. And yesterday I mentioned one person because uh, really, uh, and why I'm bringing this up is that me and you and you listener can be a victim. I think that anybody who has been innovative and preferring solution to society's problems should be um, regarded and should be given honors, you know. Uh, instead of people who were asked to do so, uh, stuff and, you know, they uh, they did it. I'm saying this against the backdrop of the fact that Professor Sonny Gualitio then, the Deputy Governor of Plato State, uh, I don't know if you've read Kaduna Mafia. Yeah, yeah. The Kaduna Mafia. Mm. It's, not a, it's not a fat book. You can read it in 40, within yeah. 48 hours. hours yeah. It's not a fat book. It's just... Uh, it's not up to, based on the print available, the version of the uh, print available, but it's not up to uh, 400 pages, you know, on uh, mid-size uh, paper. I think that even if because of that book, the governor should have nominated him, because yesterday, uh, Barrister Drankat told us how the nomination process works. Uh, I, I think that the governor should have nominated, just like what Barack Obama, you know, did to Joe Biden. You know, he gave him the highest civilian honor award in America, you know, uh, because of the contributions of uh, Joe Biden. But it has clearly shown us that all is not well between Governor Lalong and Professor Tioden. Uh, why I'm saying this is because, let me read out some of his publications. I'm not going, I'm not going to read uh, the award. I'm saying this because if Ponsak Fanap tomorrow has done something that is... Worthwhile. Even helpful and innovative for the best, best interests of society... Ponsak Fanab may be neglected to be given to someone who has absolutely done or hasn't done, you know, up to what Ponsak Fanab has done. Let me read out some of his publications. Inter- and intra-party relations toward a more stable party system in Nigeria. The Kaduna Mafia, yeah. 1987 with uh, Balatakaya. The Middle Belt in Nigerian Politics of Citizens and Citizens, The Dilemma of Citizenship in Nigeria, 94. The Place of the Middle Belt in Nigeria's Power Equation in Commission paper for the National Conference on the Equity Question in Nigeria, Center for Development Studies, University of Jones. Uh, Nigeria, Youth Agenda for the 21st Century. The domestic sociopolitical situations. This includes the nature of the political system and the nature and conduct of the politics and government. In other words, a political system where the polit- uh, okay, towards the survival of the Third Republic, towards a progressive Nigeria, triumph uh, and... Towards a progressive Nigeria, tenacity of life and leadership. I think if not because of that, Governor uh, Lalong should have considered his deputy, you know, to uh, be given that award, uh, a national award. He has done a lot. You know, I, I said here before that I love 
people who think, people in the academia, because they bring practical solutions to human problems. Practical things that not only in the academia, indeed, everybody, but research is at the core of every uh, society that is functional and wants to progress. So, I, you know, I, 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 when I went home yesterday, I retired early yesterday, I said, how I wish that I can start, if I knew that, okay, these are the nominees from Plato, I could have started, you know, a campaign, you know, protesting that uh, Professor Sonny Tioden will she'll get, you know. Why I'm saying this is because, I mean, he has done, he has done incredible well when he come in the academia. Even as an administrator in the university, uh, I remember I got admission at University of Jones. I think it was, okay, when Mwamvuat uh, was given to Tioden, that was when, you know, I got uh, admission at the University of Jones. Uh, so I, and I decided not to go to the University of Jones. I went to somewhere uh, else. I saw, and I kept tabs with my friend. I saw what, you know, some of things that uh, he has done, you know, for example. And this will, let me bring the political side, you know, to all of this. You know, in 2015, uh, the deputy governor, Professor Tioden, contested to become to serve at Plato as governor. Unfortunately, he didn't make it in the PDP primaries. Uh, again, he was approached by uh, Governor Simon, uh, then uh, Speaker Simon Bako Lalong, and he accepted to be to deputize. But again, when Lalong was chosen, and the Mongol people gave votes to Governor Lalong, 78,000 in 2015, as against 28,000 or 27,000 that Jenner's got, you know, at that point in time. And in the last election, the APC won in Mongol, although the margin wasn't wide. But if at all the APC and Plato want to maybe consolidate on their winning uh, power, I don't think Mangu local government is a local government that one should ignore. But I honestly think that Governor Lalong, if he wants to win this election, if he brought Sonitio then, I mean, the Mongol people will say that, look, this is one of, and you know how we vote in, 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 mm-hmm. in the voting pattern in, in our society. The Magavo people and people in Mangu will say, this is, you know, our own. We gave it to him because of Lalong in 2015. And if Lalong wants to give back to us, we are going to come out and see that we vote massively, you know, to get. So it just shows me that maybe there's the, the question of regard of a people. And for me, I don't, in my life, one thing that I don't want is, you know, and they say that, you know, where I'm from, Tarok people are arrogant, they are full of them. But it's not that. If you understand, the, a typical Tarok man is someone that he doesn't play with the word dignity. Dignity of labor, dignity of life, and dignity of the human person. That is one word that is a guiding principle uh, of every, you know, that is my culture. And I'm very proud of my culture, you know, as a human being. So it's, it's, it's very important that, uh, for me, we situate some of these things in context, Gilbert, so that tomorrow, tomorrow, Gilbert, I don't want a situation that Gilbert Joseph has done something incredible, remarkably uh, well. But just, uh, I don't know, for whatever you know, reason, your society is not going to honor you. I, I, I'm not saying this. I don't. It's once that I've interviewed you know, uh, the prof, Professor Tioden, and I know how smart of an academician come politician uh, he is. But for him to miss out on that award, I think that something is amiss. And of, of course, Dantala, that I mentioned yesterday, inventing his own genre of music and playing it even to international audiences, uh, but again, the society, his remote society has failed to honor him uh, and to give him the respect that is due him. Something is wrong. We need to change the status quo. This is not how uh, the politics in Plato is played, as I grew up to understand our politics here. Bonsag, you have pontificated um, in the clearest possible term. And in all that you have spoken about, it's clearly simple that social justice, or justice in the simplest term, is what every human person should be accorded. Whether the person has done you know, something very profane or not, there is some certain level of justice that the human person deserves. And first and foremost, before I lent my voice into this line of the conversation you have channeled, it's not about Governor Samuel Lalongilu. Most governors in Nigeria tend to have a fractured relationship with their deputies, especially when they are winding, up, winding down. 
um, in office or their time comes to an end in office. And this is just one clear case on points that we're seeing. And, but that's quite unfortunate to think that substantial issues such as this could be shoved aside, you know, for primordial sentiments, if that's the word I'm to use here, right? Um, the man has paid his, due, his dues. Look, clearly he has paid his dues. And the fact that he got the, the, the amount of votes he got in 2015 for the APC to come on board for governor means Lalo. that okay, for the two of the okay yeah. for the ticket yeah. ticket to actually yeah. pass through it means that the man has offered substantial contributions to Plateau people two and to times. Plateau state two times as a whole two and times. if you look at the way and manner in which the primaries went I've read somewhere right where he bared out his mind uh, regarding that particular conduct of the primaries in APC and all of that it, it was quite demeaning to think that he was going to get the sort of treatment he and other contestants did get mm. and the height of it all is this award like you have mentioned it's simple recognition and that's fair that's just it's absolutely the right thing to do and for whatever reason this would have in itself served as a compensation to the prof and loyalty and, 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 and Gilbert let me we're taking so much time here uh, you know uh, Professor Tioden hasn't given Lalong one iota of headache just imagine you know during the time of Jang when Talon uh, in 2011 felt that uh, well she exercised her democratic right mm. she contested against she former governor yeah. uh, Jonah Jang which for me is you know very okay and Jang had to pick a uh, uh, the late Long Jang, you know, as his deputy governor. Ignatius, I think no. just for the 78 or 74,000 vote coming from the local government of the deputy governor, your running mate, I think is That in uh, itself is a statement. You a should be charitable enough sure. to say, look, this man has aided me. Uh, he's well-read. He's a professor. He's well-read more than me. And, if and he man, has been loyal to me. He if, has been loyal to... If the man to, would have lost on a fairer scale, you wouldn't blame anyone. Of right? course, yeah. You would have... Afforded people the level playing ground to just everybody just come and contest, show your wit, show your might, right? If you're able to navigate your way through, fine. But in the circumstances that emerge or that we have seen so far, it's in the history books, yeah. and that was not a fair process. Everyone, including some of the guys in the yeah. APC. Yeah, well, uh, and uh, the deputy governor didn't take drag, you know, uh, the whole thing to court. If you check, you know. And if he, if he had dragged it to court, it would really upset the government. True. But Prof. Tioden said that, look, it, maybe I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's thought. Uh, if it were other people, he would have become to any party uh, right now and say that, okay, I'm going to show these people pepper. Mm -hmm. But again, he has, you know, stay put. Well, uh, I think the justice should be done. Uh, next time, mm -hmm. Professor Tioden deserves a national honor. We want that, you know, in Plato State. Uh, well, let's play this insert. Gilbert, can you imagine someone who was locked up for 20 years in Kaduna in a room? And right now he's 67. He was locked up at 47. 47? Yeah. A, greater, a, a great part of his life is gone. Nothing can be done about that. And whether or not he would return a normal human being, I be yet and, another side And the, the most unfortunate story. thing is that the story has it that he has a wife and children. And children. Let's play Whose this whereabouts is unknown. Let's play this inside. When we come back, the show will continue. We have two guests. Stay here. We receive from uh, community health workers who are on duty this afternoon at uh, Bayajida by Ibrahim Tayo Road here in Kaduna. And uh, upon receipt of the information, the Commissioner of Police, Kaduna State Police Command, ordered that uh, the DPO in charge of that area should lead a team of operatives to go to the scene, uh, bring out the man, uh, find out from the people around the area why was he kept in a room for so long. Uh, based on uh, what we gathered around, his name is uh, Mr. Ibrahim uh, Adu. He's about 67 years of age. That he has been in, the, he has been locked up in a room for almost uh, 20 years. He eats in the room, do everything in the room, without uh, being taken care of. When we went to the scene, we found uh, the man naked, without uh, wearing any clothes. We gave him clothes to wear. We brought him out, and uh, is here in the hospital for medical evaluation. 
the commissioner of police Kaduna State Police Command CP Yekini Ayoku Pesidaga MNI ordered for a full scale investigation to be carried out to unravel the true position and the cause of uh, this inhuman treatment on the old man. So investigation has commenced. The divisional police officer, uh, Maga Jingari, has commenced investigation. As time goes on, we will let you know the result of our investigation. We found about four or five people in the area. Uh, they are here currently with us, assisting us in the investigation process. They are just people around. We were made to understand he has children and a wife, but they were nowhere to be found. So as uh, uh, investigation is ongoing, the people we got in the compound and uh, the neighboring houses, I believe, will assist the police in uh, getting the true positions of uh, the whole scenario. So uh, we work hand in hand with the medical doctors to get their report uh, on his uh, health status. Yeah, well, thank you for uh, being here. The program is Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 FM here in Joss. My name is Sponsor Akfanaf. And I'm Gilbert Joseph. We have two guests. We have the uh, Supervisory Councillor on Education, just South, Mr. Pam James. Uh, good evening. Thank you very much for coming, sir. Thank you for having me. Okay. Uh, we have uh, Mr. John Kelly. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming, it's sir. It's a pleasure being here. All right, uh, let's go straight into the... Com but let me start with uh, Mr. Pam James. Last week, uh, on a sponsored program that I uncovered, and this is just out of my curiosity, uh, that I uncovered, you know, here, the program is every Friday, 10.30 to 11 a.m. Um, it was sponsored by Honorable Dachung Musab, the member representing just south, just east federal constituency. And the guest who was here, you know, he made some really um, damning and interesting allegation that... The chairman, your principal, the chairman of Just South, doesn't have any right to contest for reps. Uh, I mean, because there are some roads that are rural roads that he's supposed to construct, and he hasn't constructed them. Uh, the sod what? Uh, the road in sod hasn't been constructed, uh, you know, and other uh, things like that. Would you like to confirm, uh, just to, you know, balance uh, the whole story so that people... Uh, will hear, you know, since you're here, I believe that you know these things better than I do. Well, I... Okay, just like the way I was about saying something, I want to appreciate you for having me this evening in your studio. I'm not here to join issue with... Uh, Simon Dunzi, or yeah, yeah, was Simon. His name. I'm not here to join issues with him, uh, but for him to come out outrightly and said, uh, my principal, Honorable Gideon Danderen, does not have the right to contest the House of Reps. As as a Nigeria, Gideon Danderen has never been convicted by any court of law. No, he was speaking based on moral right. Oh, okay. Because he didn't now, do anything for the people that uh, he uh, got votes, no, you know, to work for. Uh, for sad, hear me. Uh, it's possible what he, he just said here is what he's limited to. But let me, let, me just, let me just give you some little background before I go into what you have just asked me. Gideon, Ambassador Gideon Danderen, has been a part-time councillor. And thereafter, he became an elected councillor, which he became the leader of the house. That was when I was a councillor. He was my leader. Thereafter, he became the secretary of the council and uh, two times transition chairman, now an elected chairman. Now, if Gideon has occupied these positions, and uh, somebody will just come out and said, uh, because of uh, one project or the other that has not been cited in a particular place, that Gideon does not have the right to contest uh, the election. Uh, mind you, in Josad, we respect zoning. And there's what we call the one declaration. 
And uh, the one declaration has been enacted or came to be by our forefathers even before I entered politics. And what is it about? It's all about the zoning arrangement in just South Local Government Council. That was during the time of Dadi Bizang Dal or Dibizang? Yes. That for okay. fairness, for fairness, if this area has. District. Or this, this very district has occupied or has won or has benefited a particular position, the next turn for election, the another district should be able to benefit too. So, whosoever that you see him occupying one position or the other in your South Local Government Council, it is based on the one declaration. But uh, talk about the sort word that road hasn't been... I live in Gelo. Uh, Yes, uh, Ambassador Gideon, you don't limit him to Sodward. He's not chairman for Sodward. He's not chairman for Sodward or a particular village or a particular ward. He's chairman to the entire people of Josad Local Government Council. Mind you, in Josad Local Government, we have 20 ward, both inclusive, the state ward. So Gideon is not mainly for Sodward. It's not Sodward that voted him. Alone, but other word in Josal or that encompasses the local government or that form Josal local government voted him into power. So if Gideon is going in to do projects, it should not be limited to Southward. Okay, he a chairman for Southward. Okay, what well, chairman for Josal local government council? I'm happy with that. Sorry, please. Sir. Oh, okay, let me let me let me let me let me land. Okay, land. Or let me round up. Round up yeah. In a nutshell. If he has said Gideon has not constructed a road in, in Southward, how about the electrification? I am from Zawan. I am from Zawan. From Anguldi to inside Zawan town. Zawan town has never had NEPA. All what Zawan enjoys is NESCO. And the NESCO is not sufficient to cover the whole area. Now, as I'm talking to you now, seated here, a electrification of over 5 million naira has been done and it has been completed. Commission. I am from Zawan. Now, you, you talk about the 150 lock-up shop along after Dibizang Road. Is that place not in Gel District? That 150 lock-up shops, they are in Gel District, not in Zawan Town, or not in Zawan area, or no, in Kuru. Now, of recent, of recent, not quite long, of recent, he have introduced a program, Know Your Neighbor, which he bought over 50 motorcycles that he has shared among the conventional and the non-conventional securities. And I think you are aware of, you know of the, the Know Your, Your Neighbor program that he has, he has sometimes launched in, 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 in some few months that just passed. Now, if you go to Tantrum. There's, there's an electrification there, which is even well, more well, yeah, mega. We're, yeah, we're going to come to that. Let me uh, bring in John Keller. We have this question now, uh, Mr. John Keller, on our social media, and let me read it out to you. Maybe uh, you're going to help us uh, with ideas because you're a man of ideas. Well, here's the question we have on our social media. What critical infrastructure has the Lalong administration completed that you think will leave an indelible, indelible mark in the state? Well, that is critical. <laughs> well, I, I just listened to what... Um, yeah, maybe, yeah, you can go ahead to... Yeah. just said, yeah. and um, he, he spoke actually as a politician, and because he's currently, you know, a serving supervisory councillor representing just South local government. So I wouldn't want to delve into the nitty-gritty of such issues. But if I am to draw a leaf from the last ruling of the Supreme Court, you know, where um, a case was before the Supreme Court, and um, it was that... Um, uh, that the PDP should be compelled to zone the position of the presidency to the south. And the Supreme Court just ruled that that was an entirely, you know, the responsibility of political parties. Political party, so yeah. the court wouldn't want to delve into such issues, and, and that was how it was left. So basically, I believe that the right for one to contest for an election, it is a right that is inherent, and, and that uh, whoever or however it is being viewed, that person has a right to contest for any position he wants to contest as far as the laws of the land are concerned. Um, but looking critically into 
um, the question that you have asked, you know for sure that as um, a critical stakeholder and someone who oversees um, in terms of a watchdog of political environments, not only in Plateau State, but nationally and internationally, you will know that um, what we have currently on the plateau, I will put it in this way, that we are in such a position that we have been, you know, uh, um, uh, a position of um, bringing us to, to, to nothing, right? Um, if you look at just the poses to where we were and to where we are right now, you will agree with me that in terms of agriculture, if you are to look at these indices, because these are the key indicators as far as development of the state is concerned, Plateau State is purely an agrarian state. And I know for sure that before now we had the ASTC that was in Plateau State. And I also know of the fact that most of the, uh, the products in terms of the vegetables and um, the, the things that were being shipped from Plateau State to Abuja, most of these big hotels in Abuja, the value, most of the ingredients that we have in Plateau State in terms of agricultural products. But unfortunately, you know, the ASTC, as far as today is concerned, is no longer, it's in comatos, let me put it that way. And even most of the staff that were working within that sector, most of them are not have been redeployed to other redundant areas that they cannot even perform adequately. And again, within the agricultural sector, you also agree with me that there was this time that President Muhammad Buhari came to Plateau State. No, but, but how about the 400 tractors? That, no, that's uh, what I'm trying to say. Okay. Yeah, because the president came up to Plateau State and he commissioned 400 tractors. And within that period, only 40s were showcased by the governor with the promise that the 400 were going to come. And there were serious outcry within that period, that was in 2018, by a lot of farmers, that they had to carve out 1.5 million naira for each tractor. And today, that tractoral agreement between the government and the individual, uh, individuals uh, that, that, uh, which have paid you know, is still a mirage. Mm -hmm. and, and that shows that within the period under review, the agricultural sector in, the plat I mean, in Plateau State you know, it was, was or is non-functional because if you look at the trajectory from 2015 to date and going forward, and again, you look at the health sector, you know, that is one, this is one critical sector again that you have to look at, not until the members of the Plateau State Specialist Hospital and also Plateau State Management Board had to go on strike, you know, before the government had to approve the appointment or the employment of more hands. I don't know before now if you've been to Plateau Hospital and you see the kind of skeptical services in terms of manpower that the hospital is lacking. I also know for sure that there were some structures that were being built before now and which I had expected that the government should have completed and, and it's still a mirage. So that means that this other sector, as far as health is concerned, it is also a huge problem. Then again, if you move forward to the issue of education, how have we fared as a state in terms of education? If you are to take the rating based on the National Bureau of Statistics, as far as 2001 is concerned, Plateau State was ranked as 25th position. Even at the 25th position, the Plateau State was ranked. No public uh, uh, secondary school was part of that ranking. I think the only private institution that was part of that ranking nationally was the Hillcrest School. That shows that the educational sector within the system has also been abandoned. Now, going forward even to 2021, to 2022 and beyond, you will discover that Plateau State has, the fortunes of the state has been dwindling in terms of educational performance. And I will shock you that within the ages of, based on the Universal Basic Education Board as Plateau State, you know, there are about four point something million students out of school that are currently at home, they don't have access to education. That shows that that sector, again, has not been given, you know, proper attention, you know, to look at as as far as the educational sector is concerned. Mr. In John terms Kelly. of security, if you look at the security, sorry, let me just wrap up because these yeah. are the key indicators as far as the state is concerned. In terms of security, you know for sure that government is a continuum and we had wanted a situation where the state will be safe, the state will be, you know, um, the atmosphere will be conducive for even people to run their businesses. But within the period under review, we've had serious attacks and serial attacks. It's not even limited to this administration. We've had it even in uh, other administrations. 
But because this government came with a mantra of change and also trying to look at things from a different perspective. But unfortunately today, I, I, am, I am reporting to you that there are quite a lot of people who are still even in IDP camps that do not have access even to their ancestral homes. And there are over 54 communities, as far as Rionbreaking Lady is concerned, that cannot even access their homes. Then what kind of security are we talking about? So these are the critical issues that the government has failed in tackling within the period under review. Looking at 2015, and we are right now in what, 2022? 2022, yeah. The transient part of this administration Administration. So basically, as a plateau person, I have the right to prognose into these issues and also to give people an understanding or to create an awareness within the period that what have we achieved so far as far as governance is concerned. On Mr. The John Kelly, let me take you up in the aspect of general policy overview of this current administration. And I'll give you an example with um, the seventh edition of the CAD Invest, which uh, Governor Nasir El just you know, uh, launched to speak. And what that tells you is that from the first day he assumed office, he had something in sight. He may have his excesses, but in terms of certain policies, including the security situation of his stage, which he has acknowledged, right, amidst all of those challenges, the man has been able to, to put one or two structures in place. But that's just, by the way, he said something about policy. He said, in most cases in Nigeria, there are no policies, not to even talk of execution. Let's bring down this uh, particular scenario to Plateau State. Do you think, in your view, from what you have seen so far, are there any policies that would be beneficial, first and foremost, to the next um, administration that would be coming on board in terms of the welfare and well-being of Plateau State in all spheres, including some of the issues you have spoken about here? And secondly, what exactly is the challenge? Is it that of the cabinet or is solely a function of the governor's office, office, can we separate these two, you know, from um, the affairs of governance and in terms of police, policy? Well, let me say here and let me say very clearly that we have not, I repeat, we have not, as far as Plato State is concerned, developed a policy framework as far as governance is concerned. And I prove it to you now. When the governor was running for his second term in office, he said something very clearly, and all over the world, people picked that. He said that by the time he became the governor of Plateau State, he looked from his right, uh, right and he looked from his left, and he discovered, in fact, he lacks what to do. And he now remembered or discovered that he has the president, which is President Muhammadu Buhari. And then he now said that he was saved. Now, within that period, before you start campaigning into any political office, not only the office of the governor, what you need to do as an individual is to draw a framework of programs that you will embark upon when elected into office. You don't wait until you are elected into an office before you start gasping and gathering people to put up a program of action that you want to embark upon. Now, when you have that at the back of your mind, as a leader, if you are going into an office, I have probably four months before my swearing in into office, I know that Plateau State, I need to tackle the issue of agriculture. I should make that one as a priority. I also know that there is problem as far as health issues are concerned. I should also put that as a priority. And other critical issues. Now, by the time I get into office, how do I achieve this? As an executive alone, you cannot do it. That is why there are purveyors or conveyors of such policies. That means you have appointees. And those appointees, you have the commissioners, and there are also statutory positions. You have the MDAs, that's ministries, departments, and agencies of government. Now, by the time you put all those structures in order, you now know that I am set for governance. Now, when you now sit with your cabinet and you now bring up a policy as far as agriculture is concerned, who am I going to appoint as a stakeholder or as a critical player as far as agriculture is concerned? Who am I going to appoint as a health commissioner? Who am I going to appoint as a, uh, an educational commissioner? So you should have it in mind that you have critical people who are knowledgeable in these aspects of policy formulation. 
So when you appoint such people, they will help you in research and data gathering. They will bring this data and information up to your table as a governor. That is why you now prepare them in form of a, uh, of, of a memo. Those memos are submitted at the State Executive Council. You discuss those issues, you digest those issues intellectually without political sentiment. By the time you agree on the framework to adopt, as far as agriculture is concerned, or any other sector, that is where you can now say that I have a policy on agriculture, I have a policy on health. But what we have seen so far, we see that after election, government appoints cronies. People who help them in securing the political office, people who help them in rigging the election, people who help them in, you know, um, stuffing ballot papers in the boxes. So at the end of the day, you put those people, when you appoint such people into offices, such people will always carry out the functions that will be beneficial to their families, not even the larger society. It's the same issue we're facing at the states, and it's the same issue we're also facing at the federal level. Now, for instance, we have the governor of Borono State. Is the governor of Borono State not of the APC extraction? That man is doing marvelously well. We have the governor of the Boeing State, who was formerly in PDP. Go to a Boeing State and see what's happening there. That man is doing marvelous as well. Go to Gombe State. Is Gombe State not an APC state? I just talk about Arofi. Despite the fact that Arofi has deficiency in terms of his verbal, you know, uh, projection, but Arofi has also done tremendously as far as yeah, well, are let's come so to issues we should be yeah. Let, let's come to Honorable uh, Palm James. Give your response, then we'll open the phone lines. <clears throat> response to what uh, uh, John Keller has just, you know, said. Yes, uh, my my good friend here, my good brother here, has raised some pertinent issues uh, in regards to health, in regards to policy, in regards to uh, governance, in regards to agriculture and whatnot. But sincerely, even even at that. Uh, the I, 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 I do, I do, I do most of my research in in Barkinladi area. Now, yes, uh, before any development or any government can succeed, there must be peace. That's the that's just the truth. But the issue there is this issue of insecurity that we have been having in Plateau State, outside Plateau State, even in Kaduna, is a global issue. But, uh, well, to some certain extent, uh, to this moment, we are, we are enjoying relatively peace. Seriously, the issue of insecurity, I will not... Well, you have the governor of Borono State, despite all of the challenges in the state, delivering. You have El Rufai, with the example we just gave. Despite the challenges of insecurity, he's delivering. People can see these things on ground. Is it about the will, or it's about what people set up as priorities in leadership? Well, uh, two things two things go together here. We 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 look at the political will and uh, we look at what people have said on the ground. Now, we will not say totally or completely that this government has failed. No, it's not possible. We know in one way or the other there's areas that this government what are few has of done the incredibly well. Just the highlights like the, of the success. Excuse me. Yeah. Just like the way he rightly said, he said we have people like. Rufai, we have people like uh, Udon Emmanuel of Akwaibo. How about in he's of PDP, but he's doing well. We have people in, in Gombe, the governor of Gombe is of APC, he's doing well. But coming back to Plateau State, can we now say completely from the, the, the first tenor to the second tenor that Lalong has not done well? Now, we, 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 the, 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 the bridge in uh, British America almost about 60 to 70 percent completion. Has he completed is, any aside from the one ongoing? He has the, he has the, leg, he has the legacy project, which well, some, well, of, some, well. of this leg, some of this legacy project has been completed, while some have not been completed, but almost about 80 to 90 percent completions. So we cannot just say that this government in place has failed completely. Right. Yeah, well, to let's open... To a certain extent, this government has made some recap, remarkable... Uh, exploit or strides right. to some certain Let's extent. open the phone lines. If you'd like to join this conversation, the program is Nigeria at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Panab. And I'm Gilbert Joseph. 0821 Or you call 090 
Before you call, you'd have to turn down the volume of your radio or turn it off completely, and then you tell us your name and where you are calling from, please. Zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine or zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven. Gilbert, I, I can see a lot of comments. <laughs> yeah, I was just smiling, really. No, please yeah. go ahead to take uh, <laughs> take them. All right, Principal Joseph Melumo says it's so unfortunate that we reward wrongdoing and incompetent leaders while we neglect those that really deserve the national award. I'm surprised that the likes of Ahmad Lawal and Adamu Adamu were given national honors. Halkuka Factors go and says, Good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. Is there any project that has been completed by Lalong apart from um, dining with President Buhari and attracting the recent awards? Izang Asi says, Good evening, Sunset. Absolutely. To me, there is nothing tangible this administration has achieved or will achieve before the tenure elapses. I pray for good governance next year. Vote wisely. 2023. Hashtag wrote to me, Francis. Says, um, I'm, Mr. Ponsak, I'm glad to say Lalong has done well by completing Lalong legacy project all over Plateau and trying to complete British flyover. John Gindiri says, let Lalong complete British America flyover before the end of his tenure. Joseph Angeli says he gave us powerful potholes in almost all parts of the state. All right. Inyam Davis says, good evening, Mr. Ponsak and Gilbert. Good evening to the guests in the studio. To me, Lalong did not do any tangible project. But he claims that payment of salary is um, his achievement. He should go to other states like Bauchi, Gombe, and see projects completed, abandoned projects all over. Our PVC will speak for us. Agonjong Monday says, massive failure upon failure about the National Merit Award. Everything has been politicized. Ukehembe Tai says, good evening, Ponsak, Fanap, and Gilbert. For me, let Lalong complete the British-American flyover before the end of his tenure. Godwin Sule says, good evening, Mr. Ponsak and Gilbert and the guests in the house. As for me, he has done his best, nothing more. May God help us. Thank you. Zauri Tamnan Labar says, good evening, Ponsak and Gilbert. Very apt and timely discussion. Governor Lalong named, okay, Governor Lalong's name would have been written in gold if those his legacy projects are completed. But unfortunately, those projects are left uncompleted. Sam Guntim Gompil says, some of us already know the outcome of the discussion just by knowing first the station and the anchors, but the greater plateau spirit is winning every day. Thank you. Dimas Bala says, I don't really know how I will compare Lalong with, in fact, the Ayabelo of Kogi State has done more than him. Lalong said, for the fact that we can sleep and wake up, it means he has achieved something. Kumban Friday says, good evening, my humble presenters. All due protocols observed, Lalong will definitely be remembered for all he has done by development of sleeping governor uh, he announced the winner and the election has not finished. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, take uh, some phone calls, uh, Gilbert. Hello. 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 Good evening. Thank you for calling. Join yeah, the, yeah, join the conversation. Yeah, actually, I'm James calling from Jaws. Thank you, James. We're listening to you, sir. Actually, I would like to comment on this. JFM, Ponsad Fanab, and your core uncle, you've tried and you are doing well. We really appreciate this. But according, the Bible says that you should pray for your leaders. I've not seen for a day that this station happened to wake up in a day and said, okay, we're praying for Lalon to succeed. Every day is all about criticism. Yeah, you are criticizing him to do well and to do more, to do more exploits, right? Yeah. To be frank, if you look at it, in Bauchi, the, the Kaduna and other states that you are comparing Lalong with those governors, I doubt if there's a station that criticizes Lalong the way you criticize Lalong on daily basis. Please learn how to pray for your leaders, no matter how. They will succeed. Your prayer is needed. Prayer, you well, well, pray for yeah, them, hold on. James. Get confused. Yeah, James, hello. Yeah. Prayer hasn't ever in history made any leader to walk. Take it off your yeah, mind. Yeah, it does. No, it has never. It does. Mention one leader that prayer has changed. Mention one in history. Uh, oh, then actually you don't read the Bible. Mention one. No, mention one. You know, you don't read the Bible. If I you said, read the Bible, No, I said know. mention one. I say mention uh, one. Almost all the leaders, they succeeded through prayer. Well, you're not answering my question and I don't think uh, well, yes, your time it, is up. Uh, well, you can call into the show and tell me that I'm not praying. Prayer has never helped any leader to walk. Take is, is a lie that uh, 
these uh, people, you know, is a lie that we tell ourselves. Hopes. It is not, even the prophet uh, Nathan in the Bible, he creates the role of prophet is to chastise leadership. Don't take that mind. That is demonic. Don't tell me that I shouldn't criticize. It's demonic. It's, it's the devil's lie. And I think the best. Well, let's let's take this one. Hello. hello, hello. Yeah. Hello. 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 Good evening. Ah, Thank good you for evening. calling. Thank you for calling. We are speaking with Madam Mata from Kaduna State. Go ahead, Madam. We're listening. Yes, I have to comment on my, the the person that talk maybe uh, the, the person that talk about edifying uh, in Kaduna State. Yeah. Believe me sincerely, we in Kaduna State we know what edify the, the the harm that this man has done in Kaduna State. Nobody should ever tell us that Edifier has done well. They have done nothing. Rather, I come to separate everybody. And then everybody is now staff, no work, nothing. Security says it's a problem. Now, nobody can tell me that Edifier has done well. They have done nothing. They have done more harm than good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, uh, Gilbert, it pains me that uh, people don't see the issue of social justice as something mm -hmm. that, you know, they should... Uh, you know, they should pursue. Uh, you call to say... Uh, it's sad. Pay. It's sad. But like, and like and I was that is why yesterday say, I tell you, understanding. Let the government do the job. And then every critic or every... Yes, we just shut up. Nothing. Nothing criticism to Criticism is again. part of human life. Oh, but it's part if they of don't existence. want criticisms, it's simple as that. Do the job. Well, it's, it's, it's part of our lives to criticize. But you have to uh, constructively uh, criticize. But you can't tell me I shouldn't. No. Hello. Good evening, Professor. Thank you for calling. We're listening to you. Mr. Ikari, you from Kuru. We're listening. Thanks for calling. I just call to encourage you to keep on with the program. Regardless of what other people say that uh, you are only presenting along. Yeah, you know, you know, here's the irony. Him that is saying that we should criticize him, why not he pray for us instead of calling us and criticize us on live radio? So he should have... You know, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Good Hello. evening. Thank you for calling. Good evening, Mr. Fonsat. Yeah, we're listening. Thanks for calling. Please come ready for my calling. We're listening. Yeah, we're listening. Go ahead, sir. No, that's, that, that has always been, that, this has always been our issue and it will continue to be. Once the, the corruption is in your own favor, you look at it as an opportunity and you refuse to speak against it. But when it's not in your favor, that is when it's corruption. How can that somebody say that we should not stop, we should not criticize that? In as much as you want your leader to sit up to the duty, he must be criticized, criticized at any given time. And to the other caller that said that he has completed his legacy project, which local government is he talking of the project has been completed? Is it not part of the legacy project that is along this region road that is still pending? And they are claiming that he has completed the legacy project. Please. Let's call the spade, the spade, no matter where it's coming, whether it is our own or not our own. That's the only way you can get it for. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello, good evening, Mr. Ponsat. Thank you for calling. Join the conversation. You're our last caller. God bless you. This is Extra Zegan Malobi calling you from North. We're listening. I'm so delighted that I got you. Ponsat, uh, you made my day. Honestly speaking, I am a, a, I am a minister of God. Oh, and uh, I, 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 and I pray. I believe in prayer. Yeah. The prayer don't construct roads. Of course, yeah. Prayers don't uh, build bridges. Prayers don't build train stations. You can ask God for wisdom, for knowledge and understanding to be able to translate the vision, and that which is expected of you. The person who is saying you pray for your leaders. Do you sit at home and pray and then you are, the, the, the food will be served on your table? Don't you go out to work? If you are a civil servant, is it not the work you are doing that you are being pray, paid for? Are you being paid for the prayers you are praying for the work to take its place? We should rise up and take our destiny in our own hands. And that's why I hate it when somebody will call and say, let's continue praying. When INET, for instance, cannot count uh, prayer points. What INET counts is the vote. For the election is coming. You stay at home and you are praying for God to give us the right leader. And you are doing nothing. You are docile. You are not uh, making effort to create a change. At the end of the day, what I make will count is the vote cast, not the prayer point. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much for calling. This is a much uh, phone call we're going to take on the show. Uh, gentlemen, please, uh, I don't know, give, uh, respond in your, one, one minute, your final word. I'll start with uh, Mr. John Keller.
your final word. Well, just one minute. Well, let me just try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, please. But, but basically, I, I am happy that, you know, this, what, what I'm doing today, I started at the age of 16, even mm. while I was still in secondary school. Great. Yeah. You know, so I've done quite a lot of stuff as it comes to writing and also looking at the government and speak truth to power. Mm -hmm. so, so basically, it's not today that someone will come and say you are talking against the government. One thing you do in a democratic setup is that first you vote. And when you vote, you demand for good governance. So you don't vote and go and start praying for the government to perform, right? You vote first, and you start demanding at that moment for good governance. Because if you don't demand for good governance, you will not get it. And currently, that's what is happening right now in America. You know very well that the fortunes of Biden is quite you know, diminishing as far as the rating in America is concerned. And again, this trust in Britain just got into power just um, uh, less than a month now, and a lot of people are beginning to call for her head True. as far True. as governance there I is concerned. So people are demanding for good governance. People are not praying because there's a difference between spirituality and also the physical aspect as what is happening as far as governance is concerned. And that is one thing I want Nigerians to understand. Thank you. And as far as the critical uh, infrastructure in, uh, uh, in terms of um, the legacy projects, legacy projects on the plateaus, on the plateau are not yet completed. The government is hoping to complete the legacy project. And we are praying for the governor in this vein to complete the legacy project. And also the governor had given the British America um, um, flyover a deadline of November you know, to be commissioned. So November is at hand. We're also praying that we'll all be there to witness the commissioning of that flyover. So basically, politics is practical. Governance is practical. When you want good virtues from your citizens to support you, is for you to do good things in return. Thank so you, thank you, thank you. Thank so you. Yeah, yeah, well, Mr. James Wham. Yeah, I'm James yeah uh, let me align myself with what my brother has just said. Seriously, just like the way he said, he said, politics is practical and governance is practical. Uh, uh, Honorable Gideon Dandere has done credibly well. Very soon, the, the road in, in Sod will soon be contracted. And uh, he has completed a PSC clinic in Mararban Jama that has been long overdue. He came and he completed. The electrification in, in, in Shen has been contracted. Are we together? So, uh, sincerely, uh, the, 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 the bridge uh, linking uh, Tanchol and Euro Road. Even when the Federal Minister of Work came to inspect that bridge, and they, and they were told that the bridge was, is, uh, was constructed by, by the local government, they said no, that this bridge, it is a state project, not a local government project. So I, my, the way Simon just came and uh, came and make noise here without facts and uh, without figure, I think he should go back and make his findings. All right. After all, Simon is from, is from Gare. Thank and you. Simon has never won any election in Gare. So, and uh, I, I want to believe seriously uh, uh, Honorable Gideon Dandana has the right, because it is enshrined in the constitution of the federal Thank you. of Thank Nigeria, you. Thank you. that he should contest the election. And Thank more you. so, more so, please, just spare me this time. More so, the zoning is for girl. Okay, for we're going to we're going to talk I, about this. I yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, this is the much we'll take on the show, Gilbert. Your final word. Yeah, General John Enenche, uh, who is part of the PCC of Labour Party, his head is being called now for the role he played in the answers when he said the videos of that massacre were photoshopped. And now his supporters <laughs> are saying he should leave or resign, or he should even be asked from that PCC. And then, lastly. My criticism. own is even doing Okupe. <laughs> well, criticism is part of democracy. You can't take that away. And I think that's something that everybody needs to understand. And Vote right to keep what's left of all of us. Good my, evening to our listener. My name is Ponsak Fanab. Have a good evening. Bye now. Mm -hmm.